You are listening to the weekly sermon podcast of Broad River Church. Let's get ready to listen to God's Word. Hey, Broad River Church and guests with us today, welcome. My name is Kevin. I'm the lead pastor here along with my wife, Jacinta, and I'm just so glad that you're here. I am away today, and normally I would have just had one of the other great speakers we have inside of our church bring this message to you. But to be honest, I was very excited to bring you this final message myself in this series. So I'm thankful for the opportunity to still be able to do that. I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles to the book called Hebrews, almost all the way to the right in your Bibles. In fact, if you're using the Bibles we provided from you down in front of you. Just flip all the way to the right, almost to the end, and you'll find the book of Hebrews. Before we get there, I wanted to say welcome to all of our guests here today. We're so glad that you're with us. Those of you joining us online, those in our digital campus, Silvermine, Sono locations, we're so glad that you're here. I want to point out this Connect card that's down there in front of you. If you're a guest, it's in the bag that you received as you're walking in today. That Connect card is there to do just exactly what it says, which is to help us stay connected with you. So somewhere during this service, if you just take a few minutes to fill that out with as much information as you feel comfortable sharing, uh, we'd love to share some information with you. And even if you don't fill out any other part of the card, please, on the back side of this card, it says prayer requests. We'd love to join with you in prayer on the things going on with your life. Our pastors and elders pray over every prayer request we receive each week. And as you're leaving today, you can drop this Connect card, the completed Connect card in the bucket on the right-hand side where we receive our offering. As you heard a few minutes ago, um, I'd like to also invite you to stick around for a welcome party right after this second service in our Silvermine location. If you're new to the church and want to find out more about being a part of what is happening here in the days that we are living in right now, especially, listen, we need you and you need us. And that's just how how we feel about it. And I also want to invite you back next week for part two of of the series, little mini series we've been sprinkling throughout other series called Sabbath. And we're going to look at part two of that next week. We started looking at this a few, this value a few weeks back of our church, and uh, I want to spend some more time on that, and we'll be starting back into that next week. And then finally, before we jump into scripture, let me just say happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the room today, and those joining us online. Our fathers are indispensable to our families and to our church and to our culture, so thanks for the way that you love your families, and uh, we hope that you'll just enjoy the fun gift that we have as you are uh, leaving today. Uh, Today is the fourth and final week of a series called More Than Meets the Eye. We've been talking about the supernatural. If you haven't been here, just a real quick recap. Week number one, we looked at this reality that even though we live in a very real physical world, there is also a very real and incredibly important spiritual world. And there is a spiritual battle going on all the time in that world. In week number two, we talked about the reality of the Holy Spirit spirit, who he is and the role he has in our life, the lives of those who are followers of Jesus Christ. And then last week, to be honest, was kind of wild and I won't do anything scary this week like I did last week yelling, but last week we looked at the demonic forces. Um, How does our spiritual enemy, whose mission is to steal, kill, and destroy, um, how does he work? 
And then today, as we end this series, I want to look at God's spiritual beings known as angels, because truthfully, so many people here today don't even understand what angels are um, in the spirit world or in real life. So let's jump into that today. Let's read two verses from Hebrews chapter 13, simple and short today. Two verses. Verse 1 of Hebrews 13 says, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. I want you to turn to somebody to your left and right there and just kind of nod at them and say, I'd rather talk about angels than demons. Come on, do that right now. I'd rather talk about angels than demons. For most people in this room, you got your beliefs about angels from television shows or movies. I wonder if anybody here ever watched this old show called Touched by an Angel. Anybody? Very heartwarming show. And because of it, a lot of people think that all angels are actually women with British accents, right? What about the movie Angels in the Outfield? Everybody, anybody ever watch Angels in the Outfield? Then there's probably uh, the movie I might say is the least accurate, the least correct movie about angels. It's not on the money at all. It's the movie called Michael, starring John Travolta. You've seen this one. He's a a beer-drinking angel that is always dressed in a really dirty tank top. And then there's a lot of people's favorite all-time Christmas movie. It's like streaming from Halloween to New Year's every year. It's a Wonderful Life. Any of you love It's a Wonderful Life? Now, if you hate it, it, you probably just need Jesus, okay? It's a tearjerker. And and what did that movie teach us about angels? Well, we, we found out there's at least one angel whose name is what? His name is Clarence. And every time a bell rings, what happens? An angel gets its wings, right? So, so a lot of people get their belief about angels from these kinds of places, or maybe you got a greeting card someday, one day with a, a little naked, bald-headed baby angel playing a harp on a cloud. So some people think because of that, that angels are actually naked babies playing harps on clouds. But actually all that was was a picture of a bald-headed baby playing a harp on a cloud. It's not an angel. That is not what angels are like. Then some people believe, in fact, this is pretty common actually, that if one of your relatives dies, then they go to heaven and they become an angel. So, so if your grandmother passed away, some people say, well, I know now grandma's watching over me, which I don't know about you, but there's some times in my life that I didn't want grandma watching over me, right? There's some things that grandma didn't need to see. You know, sorry, Grandma, you know. And, and, and the good news is that's not true at all. Grandma does not become an angel. She's not your guardian angel either. When we dig into Scripture, what we find is that angels are God's servants. They are supernatural beings created by God and for God's glory. Angels do exactly what God says to do, and they do the work of God. And the amazing thing to me when I think about angels is these are spiritual beings that are so fierce that they can kill thousands of people at one time. We see it in the scripture. We'll see it today. But also simultaneously so gentle that they can protect a single child. Angels are spiritual beings created by God. Now, what's interesting is, although they're very likely in this place right now, there are angels all around us at this moment in the spirit world, most likely angels all around us. It's it's hard for my mind to grasp uh, that. What about you? Is it hard? But even though that they might be all around us, there are times when angels actually show up looking like human beings. 
I said it last week. I have a hard time with this. I have a modern mind. I have a, an enlightenment-shaped mind. So that's kind of far out for me. But when we look at Scripture, there's a couple of examples in the Bible, back-to-back, actually, chapters of the Bible, Genesis 18 and 19, where we can see this exact thing. In Genesis 18, Abraham is just out hanging out by a tree, and these three guys show up, and they're like, hey, what's going on? And these were spiritual beings from heaven, but Abraham thought they were just regular guys. So he yells back into the tent, hey, Sarah. Sarah was his wife. We got some company here. Make your, make your famous bread or bring some, some Twinkies out or something. I, I decided to mention Twinkies every single week in this series. Let, let's feed these guys. And he didn't even realize who was in front of him. Then in the very next chapter, Genesis 19, something similar happens. Abraham's nephew named Lot lives in a town called Sodom. And he meets these two guys and he said, hey, what's going on? And he thought they were just regular people with no place to say. So he invited them in. Hey, you guys want to stay with me? I'll take care of you for the night. But what he didn't realize is that right there in front of him were two angels from God. That's really why I wanted you to see and to start with these verses in Hebrews chapter 13 that we read specifically, uh, specifically verse 2. Remember what scripture says. It says, don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. So, so what are angels? We said they're spiritual beings created by God and for God, but, but what and who are angels? I'd like you to use your connect cards there today, get those out and write down a few things. Angels are basically three things. First of all, I'll write down on your connect card in your notes there, angels are worshipers. Wherever you find God or Jesus, you will fi- always find angels worshiping them. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 6, and again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, what does God say? He says, let all God's angels worship him. Angels worship God. They worship Jesus. This is one thing angels do. In fact, Scripture says this in Revelations chapter 5, and now this is John speaking chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. Then I looked up and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and 10,000 times 10,000. We're getting into the millions now. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And what were they doing? In a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Angels are worshipers. Here's the second thing. I want you to write this down. Angels are also warriors. They're fierce warriors battling on behalf of God. We, we've looked at Daniel chapter 10 a few times over the last few weeks. Daniel prays 21 days later, an angel shows up and says, I've been trying to get here from the first time you prayed, but I've been doing battle against the prince of Persia. And finally, the angel Michael came and now he's handling the prince. So I'm able to get here to you. Another time, this king named David, he looks up in the sky and he sees an angel with this sword hovering over Jerusalem for judgment. This is in 1 Chronicles chapter 21. You can look it up. And God says, you know what? I want to have compassion on Jerusalem. So I told the angel to put the sword away. And the angel, of course, obeyed God. Angels are warriors. One more example in 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 35. Just listen to this verse. And that night, the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when the people arose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. The warring angel, listen, put to death 185,000 men. Angels are warriors 
of God. One more that we read last week too, but to remind you about the spiritual battle going on, Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. Now, there arose in heaven, Michael and his angels, war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon, dragon and the angels fought back. And what did the angels do? They fought. Why? Because they were created by God and for God. They are worshipers. They are warriors. Here's the number three thing I want you to write down. Angels are also messengers. Over and over again in Scripture, when we see an angel show up, they're coming with a message. There was a, a warrior named Gideon or a leader named Gideon who was so afraid of his enemy that he's hiding from them. And check out what it says in Judges chapter 6, verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. It's kind of ironic. He wasn't acting with much valor. But what happened? An angel of the Lord showed up to Gideon to give him a message. You might remember another famous message, this time given to a young teenage girl. Luke chapter 10, verse 30. The angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. Here's a great message. You have found favor with God, and this angel shows up with the best news ever. What's verse 31 said? And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. What are angels? They're worshipers, they're warriors, they're messengers. So at this point, hopefully you know who angels are. And I know there's some people here that this is a lot for. You're not even sure what you think about God or especially the church. If that's you, we're really glad you're here. And I know this is a lot to tackle. And this is a place that you can belong before you believe. I can promise you that. But if that's you, you might be like, what? What are you talking about? And for everyone here, I don't just want you to know who angels are. But I think you'd be more interested to know uh, what do they do? Right, so what, what are they up to? What exactly do angels do? They do so much, but I, I want you to write down three things. First of all, write this down. Angels will give you direction. Now, some of you are like me sometimes, directionally challenged. Some of you could get lost going to the bathroom, right? And I get it, it's one of those things for some of us. We mentioned this young teenage girl named Mary who finds out, get this, that she's going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Remember, she has a fiancé whose name was Joseph. Can you just imagine what Joseph's response was when Mary comes in and says, Guess what, Joe? I'm going to be a mama. And Joseph's like, Okay, but I wasn't there for this. And she says, Oh, yeah, yeah, here's the cool part, okay? It's from the Holy Spirit. And Joseph's like, Yeah, right, you know, whatever. You know, I saw the way that guy was looking at you in the market earlier today. And Mary said, no, 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 really, this baby is from God. And Joseph has to be thinking, sure, that's what I'm going to tell my friends. This baby's from God. And Joseph does what any other guy would do in this situation. He made plans to break up with her. But God sent an angel to give Joseph direction. Here's what scripture says, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. He's got a message saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. This is some good direction, right? For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever heard the story of Balaam and his donkey. It's in Numbers chapter 22. I'm not going to read it today. We'll just call it homework. Write down Numbers chapter 22. It's in the Old Testament. It's really funny and powerful. And just like a lot of other places, we have an angel showing up to stop Balaam from going the wrong direction and really making a big mistake. But the story is funny because it's really the donkey that clues in. 
Y'all need to read your Bibles, all right? Balaam is less spiritually perceptive than his donkey. He needs direction. Uh, and, and kind of the bottom line is that he's less spiritually perceptive than a, than a donkey. It could have gone really badly, and this guy with everything in him wanting to go in a certain direction, and all of a sudden we see an angel coming in to do what? To redirect him. How many times, think about it, that you're just determined to do something no matter what? You just got to do it. I decided to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. And you keep hitting roadblocks. What could it be? Listen, it might be an angel of the Lord redirecting you off of the wrong path onto the right path. Angels do a lot of things. What do angels do? Well, for one thing, angels give you direction. Here's a second thing. And I hope you're writing these down in your connect card. They give you direction and angels will also protect you from danger. Occasionally people will ask the question, I've been asked this question as a pastor a few times. Hey, pastor, do I, do I have a guardian angel? Does everyone have a guardian angel? And truthfully, scripture never says that everyone has a guardian angel. Sorry, Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. But here's what the Bible does say very specifically. It's better. Psalm 91 verse 11 says this, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Many times, angels will protect you from danger. So thanks, Clarence. I, I, I know three specific times I can think of in my life where this happened. The first time I was in a, a parking lot in a 7-Eleven when I was about 11 years old in Big Spring, Texas, and this car came flying around a gas pump right where I was walking, and I felt a hand physically push me backward and out of danger, except there was nobody there. The second time I was in my early 20s and I I fell off of a mountain ledge in, in the Sandia Mountains in New Mexico and I fell a very long way and my fall just happened to be broken by this one random branch that was sticking out of the side of the mountain. The third time I felt this protection was a year ago November in, on the Route 7 connector right out here. Um, I, I think a really bad car accident that happened and I may have just as easily died a state alive. I believe I was protected. Angels will protect us from danger. Do you know about the time that Jesus' disciple Peter was locked up in prison and he, he wanted to be out and free and preaching about Jesus, but he was chained up. He couldn't. And, and he was in peril because the king named Herod could have executed him anytime he wanted to. But in the middle of all of this, here's what the story says in Acts chapter 12, verse 7. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him a light shone in the cell, so he's in his cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up saying, get up quickly. Just imagine this. And the chains fell off of his hands. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know what was being done by an angel was real, but he, he thought he was seeing a vision. Verse 10 says, when they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. There may come a time in your life where you can say those same words. I can say them. Behold, beyond a shadow of a doubt, the Lord God sent his angel to protect me. 
Some of you already have those stories right now. I've talked to a lot of people who say, you know what, I know, I know that there was an angel there protecting me. Some of you might not have any firsthand stories like that. That's okay, right? You don't maybe have something where some big, huge, tall angel shows up, but you, listen, even you, you can know absolutely by faith and believe that there are angels all around us and maybe protecting those that you love all the time, protecting you. You didn't even know about it. With three kids at home, especially when they were young, but still now, I would, I would pray a lot about all the specific dangers I think maybe around them and around us. I hope you pray those prayers of protection. I would pray. I remember praying when I looked up right before I slammed into that car at full speed on the Merit almost two years ago now. And, and now I have a lot of questions about why wasn't it worse? It should have been. I, I may never know until I'm in heaven, but it could be that when I prayed that desperate prayer in that moment, more like a scream probably, that there was this angel there going, you're not dying today and no one else is either. You never know how many times God is doing something supernaturally to protect you or those that you love. So angels can direct you, angels can protect you. And then write this last one down, a third thing, angels can also minister to you. I love this because some of you in this room today need this. They can minister God's love and healing and power to you. Hebrews chapter one, verse 14 says it this way. All angels are spirits who serve. God sends them to serve those who will receive salvation. We talked about Jesus' temptation in the desert last week. Remember, Jesus is tempted three different times by Satan. He's just finished a 40-day fast. He's physically exhausted. He's hungry. He's thirsty. And right then, the enemy shows up and tempts him three different times. But Jesus faithfully fights him off. How? With the Word of God. We talked about that last week. And, and there he was, physically wasted, spiritually totally exhausted, recovering from a very intense spiritual battle. And here's what happened at the end of that battle. Matthew chapter 4, verse 11 is where it says that Scripture says that the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Who shut up? Angels. What did they do? They ministered to Jesus. The word that is translated as ministers in the Greek language is this awesome word. It's diakontio, and it means to be an attendant. It's where we get the word deacon from, actually. It means to, to wait on. It means to take care of. Taking care of someone like you would your friend. That's what the word means. That's what these angels did. They ministered to Jesus like you would care for your friend. Angels are ministering spirits. They can minister to you. To you. I'm thinking of Jesus again when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's just now hours before his horrible, torturing death on the cross. He knew what was coming, so he prays out to God. He calls out, God, if there's any other way, any way at all, let this cup of suffering be removed from me. And the story says he was in so much agony, knowing what was to come, that he was actually sweating blood drops out of his head. That's how intense it was. Any other way, and, and, and what happened? Look at what happens in verse 43 of Luke chapter 22. There appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. Strengthening him. Here's what's happened. The angel of God strengthened him. Some of you need this even today. And then Jesus went on to say these powerful words after he's been strengthened. God, not what I want. Okay, not what I want. Not my will. After the, the angel strengthened him, he said, God, may your will be done. Angels could strengthen you even now. Some of you, you may have had a vision to do something and you, you don't see now how it's going to come about. 
And so an angel comes and gives you strength to keep going. Some of you may be facing a, a challenge in your marriage where you just think, we can't get through this. An angel of the Lord can come and, and give you strength. Some of you may be facing a temptation where you just think, I, I've tried, I can't overcome the sin. And God may send a ministering angel that gives you the strength to overcome the temptations that are oncoming from your, from your enemies. Some, some of you, you may just be physically exhausted or spiritually burned out and God may send an angel to give you strength. I, I can't prove this, but I think God has done this for me at least two times in this last six months. This last year has been fairly grueling, to be honest, as a pastor. Since, we, since we've been pastors here, some of the most grueling and hard months, actually, to be honest, over the last few months. And I, I knew it was going to be going into it. It didn't catch me off guard, and I'm trying to get recovery time built in. In fact, that's why I'm not in town this weekend. But it's, it's been grueling. It's, it's had an effect on my body. If I, if I had not gone back to the gym in January, uh, I don't know what I, if I would have held up. But there's been several times during this year that I've just said, God, I, I need your help right now. And all of a sudden, I experienced this strength and almost like a, a wind coming into me. At, at least two times in the six months this has happened. I can't prove it, but I prayed. Maybe an angel of the Lord came and gave me strength. Here's what I do know. I know with everything inside of me that we do live in a physical world, where, but there is an equally real and maybe even more important spiritual world where the forces of darkness battle against the forces of light. It's the kingdom of God against the plans of the evil one. I hope you end this series having that inside of you. And we battle not against people, not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers of this dark world. Here's something I, I do know. We are given by God weapons that are not of this world. If you missed week one, you need to go back and we talk, we talk about these weapons. We have spiritual weapons. We have the helmet of salvation and the, the breastplate of righteousness. We have a shield of faith and the belt of truth and the shoes that are prepared with the gospel of peace. And we have the, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we can pray for all of God's people on all occasions. These are these weapons. The great news is this. We don't fight and engage. I hope you get this. Trying to gain victory. The good news is Jesus has already won the victory. We fight from a position of strength. We fight from victory and not for victory. The good news is this, and you have to remember this, if you're a disciple of Jesus, if you're a follower of his, that greater is the one who is in you than the evil one who is in this world. You don't have to leave this series scared. You can leave confidently. So call on God, depend on him, and supernaturally he will sustain you and bring you his ultimate and perfect victory. I want to pray with you right now. Let's just pray together. Father, we thank you for all that you've done in ways that we don't even understand. God, we thank you that you are the ultimate winner, that in the end, God, that your kingdom will come and your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I know that there are a lot of you in this room today that right now, if you were really transparent, you would say, I really do need a supernatural touch from God. There, there are some of you that you were totally engaged with the things of God before, but you just drifted and you need a supernatural touch from God. There are others of you in, in your physical body right now. Things are just, things are not right. Or in the life of someone you love, you or someone you love needs a supernatural touch from God. I wonder if that's you. Some of, some of you, you're ready to give up something that you know God doesn't want you to give up. And you need the supernatural strength of God to hold on 
Some of you, you, you need strength to draw near to God and resist the devil so that he will do what God says and promises that he will do, and that is he will flee from you. He will leave you alone. Others of you right now, you need the power of the Holy Spirit to guide you. You've got some decisions to make. You don't know what to do. You need God to speak to you. You need God to direct you. You need a supernatural touch from God. I just think there are several here today that just say, you know what, that's me, Kevin. Would, would God supernaturally touch me? Maybe his angels would strengthen me. I don't know exactly who it is, but if that's you today and you'd say, yes, I need a supernatural touch from God. I want everybody to have their eyes closed right now. No one is looking around. If that's you today, any of those things I mentioned or maybe something I didn't mention, would you just lift both of your hands up right now? I believe there's, there's hands going up. Just lift them high, hands going up all over this room right now. God, I thank you and I praise you that you are a supernatural God, that you are an all-knowing and all-powerful. You are an ever-present God. You understand the details of every situation that your children are facing. So God, on behalf of your children, I pray and ask that you would work supernaturally in their lives. God, that you would give them the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that you would be their guide and their comforter and their strength to, to fight off the evil one who tempts and comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God, we pray. I pray right now for protection, that you would put your angels around your children. God, protect their children from harm. We pray, God, that you would give us the ability to raise our children in a way that is right and godly. And God, for those who are straying and falling away, even right now, we pray that you would block their way into harm's way. God, that you would direct them back into your perfect will. God, we pray for physical healing for people in this room. We pray for marriages. We pray for the supernatural. God, we pray for miracles in, in a way that only you can do, an overflow of your spirit that results in miracles. God, we thank you ahead of time. We believe you're a, a good God. We believe that when you do act, God, we, that you will act, and God, we will be careful to give you all the honor and the praise. We'll tell everyone, this is what God did. This is God's work. We serve a supernatural God. God, touch your people in the name of your son, Jesus. You know, I just have one more prayer I want to pray today, because I think there are some in this room right now that you're recognizing there's a very real spiritual battle going on for you. You aren't walking with God right now, but you're feeling drawn toward him. Let me just tell you what that feeling drawn is. That's the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit of God that is doing his job and drawing you to God. And here, here's what you need to know. Right now in this moment, your spiritual enemy does not want you to surrender your life fully to God. He doesn't want you to do it. So the moment you try to take a step toward God right now, you're going to hear this voice that says, don't do that. That's stupid. Or maybe you're going to hear, hey, you're not ready for this. You know, you got stuff to take care of. You need to straighten out your life first. Don't do this today. All this religious stuff is just a, a crutch. Don't make this some kind of stupid emotional decision that you're going to regret. Just think about it and do it later. I want you to know there's a battle going on for you. There's a battle for you, and right now, understand this. Jesus, the Son of God, who was born of a virgin, who lived a perfect life, who died, who was buried, and who rose again so that you could be right with God, he's right by God's side praying for you. And the forces of hell simultaneously are trying to stop you from saying something like this. And again, I hope you have your eyes closed and you're praying this. Yes, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. Take my whole life. I surrender it to you. Forgive me. 
Because listen, when you pray that, your own version of that, all of your sins will be forgiven. You will become brand new. You will be filled with the Spirit of God, and you will never, ever be the same. There's some people here today that are, are ready to say this prayer with me right now. I'm praying this for you, and I hope you have your eyes closed as we're praying this. Yes, Jesus, lead me, save me, be my Lord. God, I, I give my life to you. Come on, step across this line and commit to him today. All over this room, if that's your prayer, yes, Jesus, I, I fully give my life to you as Savior and Lord. If that's you, just lift up your hands again right now, all over this room. Yes, Jesus, I surrender to you. And I want you to know as you're praying, is welcome into God's family. As you pray, yes, Jesus, save me. Others are, are praying, I surrender to you, Lord. Be the Lord of my life. I surrender, Jesus. Broad River Church, let's pray this all together. If you just repeat after me, say them as your words, but repeat these words. Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. Jesus, save me. Forgive me. Make me brand new. Fill me with your Spirit so I can follow you. I believe that you died for me so I could live for you. Thank you for your life and the new life I have in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you connected with this sermon, share it with a friend. You can find us on all social media platforms and YouTube, or visit us on Sunday in person at two locations in Norwalk and three service times. Have a great week.